1: So is that one of those things that since Mike didn't come on and they won and you came on, then I can't really have him on again until (laughs) I have to have you on every single time until they lose, I feel like. So Mike's just going to have to get the shaft for a few weeks. I think that's only fair, right? That's on you. I don't know. It's
2: your (laughs) show. I'm not going to step on any toes here. (laughs) So I just want to know that you're available. That's all I need to know. Yes, I'll be around. (laughs) Where else would you rather be than right here? Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate.
1: Hey Bills fans, welcome to another episode of the Circling the Wagons podcast. The only podcast that thinks Matt Barkley is a second coming of Kelly Holcomb. I'm your host, Nate, and this is our recap edition podcast where we will discuss the Bills beating the New York Jets 41-10 to in New Jersey, and I'm joined by my co-host, John. John, are you ready to discuss this can of whoop-ass that the Bills opened on the Jets? Oh, I'm ready. Great. Great. Well, uh, so our other co-host, Mike, is across the pond in England the next couple of weeks, so we have a special co-host on the podcast. He's been on our podcast before and I've been on his before, so we welcome Nick from the Torrent Podcast. Nick, thanks for coming on again to discuss more Bill's items.
2: Well, thanks for having me back. I'm glad I was able to come on uh, after a big win.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, got, you did so well on the last one that we decided to have you on again. It was iffy, though. You know, honestly, a few, few other people had to turn me down. <laughs> yeah,
2: subpar performance, you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> By default. Unlike today's, yeah. unlike today's performance. Um, by the bills today you know just just completely dominating from the point from the beginning of the game but before we get into the podcast i just want to note that that when we were recording this it is veterans day here in the u.s so it's a great opportunity for us to really just thank those that have um... served us in our country and those that continue to protect us we all know uh... people that have sacrificed for us people in family and friends so that uh... we're able to live our lives in freedom so thanks to all those that have done this if you're a listener of the podcast, and a veteran, a sincere circling the wagons thank you to you. And okay, now to this. Um, so guys, real quick, before we get into this recap, is, does anyone else feel like Matt Barkley should at least be on the roster in training camp next season when the Bills bring Josh Allen and one or two other rookies or veterans onto the roster? I was really really pleased with his performance. I mean, it wasn't the most amazing performance of any quarterback ever, but for the way this season has gone, for as many quarterbacks, this was the fourth starting quarterback, you know, in, in 10 games, and he comes out with a win, and he looked good pretty much the entire time. I mean, not amazing, not jaw-dropping, but he did what he needed to. He found the guys open. Brian Dable called a good game, and uh, I guess I I honestly, I just based off his performance, even though it was a crappy Jets team, I wouldn't mind seeing him on the roster next season and just put him in the mix. Cause Derek Anderson won't be there. And, um, we know Josh Allen will be, and maybe they'll draft a guy, but what do you think, John?
3: Yeah, absolutely. And and when Josh Allen is hundred percent this season, I see no reason why they can't just drop Peterman. Um, Anderson will probably be on the roster for the rest of the season. You know, keep our play, and There you go.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. What about you, Nick?
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, after this performance, um, there's really no reason to keep Nathan Peterman on the team anymore. And, and if he's still on the team for whatever reason, uh, he's definitely got some dirt on, uh, or something (laughs) because, uh, you know, Barkley played well enough that, you know, he's gotta be the backup or at least, you know, one of the depth quarterbacks on the team from here on out. I just, there's, there's no question.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, and you bring up a good point about Peterman. I think they've been doing everything they could to not start Nathan Peterman. But every mm-hmm. time that it comes up, you know, Derek Anderson was only signed a week earlier. So then they have to start Nathan Peterman. Or the same right. thing Matt Barkley had just been signed a week earlier. So they have to start Nathan Peterman because the right. guy doesn't know the playbook. But literally, as soon as a guy's been a week in the system, he becomes a starter yeah. over Peterman. <laughs> so I can't see Peterman staying on the roster any longer than this, especially when. Um, Josh Allen comes back healthy after the bye this next week. Mm-hmm. Um, and, as
2: and long as, as long as Derek of...
1: Anderson doesn't retire, <laughs> in
2: that right, 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 right. what were you going to say? This is, the, this is the type of performance I think we were kind of expecting to see Josh Allen have this year. Just kind of like nothing, nothing, you know, it's not going to blow our, blow our socks off or anything, but the, you know, just a solid performance and, um, you get some, th- uh, throwing passing yards in there and he scores some touchdowns. And I think this is kind of the goal we had in mind for Josh Allen.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This was kind of, and this was kind of the, the, what we wanted from AJ McCarron when we signed him too. Yeah, you know, a guy with almost the same amount of years as a veteran bounced around from a couple of teams and just, you know, just steady, if not spectacular, but you you know, can just run the offense and, you know, it's games like these that you always kind of wonder, um, is it the coaching? Is it the talent? And I mean, I guess you have to take it with a grain of salt to a point because the Jets really aren't that good of a team. Um, I don't know if they're the worst in the league. I don't know if they're the Raiders, but they're they're not great. And Todd Bowles is clearly going to get fired very soon. So but yeah, okay, well, let's let's go right into the game. Um, I guess heading into this game, you know, they had just mentioned that Matt Barkley was going to be the starting quarterback. You know, in a normal season when the Bills are doing this poorly and it's just any other game, um, I would I would kind of root for the Bills to lose or continue losing for a higher draft pick. Um, but then there's something about playing an AFC East division rival especially the Jets um, that I just I just want them to win no matter what (laughs) I mean you know draft pick be damned it's just you know even if even if it's against a team that really has no shot to make the playoffs and you can't play spoiler to the Jets so that they don't make the playoffs or whatever um, because remember a few years back it was like week 17 in 2016 and the Jets just had to beat the Bills to make the playoffs and the Bills beat them 22-17 and Kick them out of the playoffs. I mean, that felt great. That's almost like, you know, making it to the playoffs. If you're a Bills uh, fan from that uh, drought era, but um, <laughs> but I mean, I, I I really wanted them to win this game, and and instead of going for the higher draft pick, so um, so what what about you guys? Did you guys go into this game definitely wanting the Bills to get to win, or were you a little bit so-so, John?
3: Well, yeah. Well, I, I guess going into it, I was. I, I guess. I was indifferent because of how, how bad they've been. Like, I just figured they just keep being bad. <laughs> but if you look at the rest of the schedule, you, you know, they could make a run like going nine and seven isn't completely out of the question. Right. So they got the bye, and four of the last six games are at home and only one team that they have left to play currently has a winning record.
1: And that's the Patriots, right? Right. Nice. And it's in New
3: England, which for some reason they do better when that's in New England than in Buffalo.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. John. This is why I love you, man. You were like last week, like they, <laughs> they couldn't score like a touchdown, they went down a touchdown and you texted all of us and you're like, Well, I guess they're out of this game because there's no way they can come back from a touchdown deficit. And then the next week you're like, Man they can make the Super Bowl in nine and seven, man. Just watch. <laughs> Uh, Well,
2: is that that something that you guys want? I mean, do you want to see the team go 9-7, and or would you rather have them, you know, kind of almost lose out and get a higher draft pick? I mean, what's your guys' mindset in that?
1: I guess, for me personally, it's like, give me an A or give me an F. Like, just fail and flame out, just because we know for the most part this coaching staff's pretty good. I mean, they obviously have led a very, you know, limited uh, team talent-wise to the playoffs. So I guess... In my opinion, you know, give them another season with more cap space and and more picks, um, and I think that they could really do it. And, and the higher the pick, unlike Mike, who's completely against, you know, drafting higher means anything. And I think he has a point, but mm-hmm. I would rather have a top five pick every single time because you know you just continually you just get a shot at those guys if if you're drafting well and you're and you're and you're good at, at evaluating talent. But um, I don't want them to go seven to nine, I don't want them to go eight and eight. And 9-7 yeah. and seven would be tough too because they lost so many tiebreakers to teams that p- could potentially make the playoffs besides maybe the Titans really because the Titans are the only other AFC team they've beaten besides the Jets. Okay. So, I mean, it's tough. I really want them to win um, after the bye against the Jaguars because <laughs> it's Doug Marone. So it's like, you know, then I want them... and Then they have, you know, how many... They have four more division games after that between the Dolphins uh, twice, the Jets again, and then the Patriots again. So I always want them to win those games. So, I, I mean, I'd be okay with... Um, you know, five, eleven, six, and ten, but otherwise go nine and seven and, and hope for a playoff. Playoff spot. Sure. What, what about you, John?
3: Yeah, absolutely. If nine and seven means they have a shot at the playoffs. Then, e- even if it's like you know, 40 60 percent, like definitely. Or
1: a hail because mary, it it or a hail 10, mary, 10, 10, like it was with a
3: the... any game, every game, right? Like any game could go either way. Um, and, and I agree with Mike on the draft picks. I mean, the how many how many times are the Browns picked in the top five, and there's still the Browns, right?
1: Yeah, but there are other teams that pick pick high and then never pick high again. (laughs) You know, they pick high once, and then, you know, they don't... I can't think of any off the top of my head. I mean, Chicago's doing pretty well with Trubisky and good coaching, and they were a top three or top two pick, you know, when they picked him. So I don't know. It's it's not out of the realm of possibility to do that. A lot of teams have done it. The Browns are a terrible example. They've just been in the gutter for so many years, and they drafted so many first-round quarterbacks and missed on them, but... But what do, you, what do you think, Nick? Do you do you like the idea of them trying to win out, or do you want the draft pick or what?
2: Well, I think I think it comes down for me is is does nine and seven mean playoffs? And if nine and seven is going to get you in playoffs, then yeah, let's let's go for some playoffs. But if it's if it just means you know we're just going to be in the hunt and then ultimately not make it, I'd rather see them get the high draft pick. So if if I know for sure that nine and seven is going to be mean mean a playoff berth, then I'm in all the way. But otherwise. I think, you know, I think we still need to draft. There's there's some positions of need that, we, you know, that are uh, the bills are severely lacking. in. so,
1: yeah, it would be nice to get like a franchise tackle or wide receiver or something like that, that you can't get yeah. at, at picks 15 and 16, as opposed to pick four, you know, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay. Great. Um, I mean, we kind of talked about our general feelings about the game and just, you know, uh, just a great game by the bills offense. Um, this is if, if the bills had this offense and about like three more of those games that the bills played, they would have won. I mean, easily oh, against yeah. the Houston Texans, you know, just, just to name a few games off the top of my head. I mean, even against the Patriots, possibly, he could have won that game with, you know, the quarterback play that they had. And I don't know if it's because Matt Barkley has been in, in the league for a little while or because Brian Dable just called up a great game plan. I'm not sure, but it was, it was a great, it was a great game in general. Um, were, were there any other things that that stood out to you today that I didn't that I didn't touch on besides uh you know the, obviously the offense perform and then the defense just having another shutout game against you know just a just a really really beaten down opponent it feels like John did I miss anything
3: No no I think he hit it um the, the Bills came out pretty aggressive obviously they hit that long pass um only took them two plays to score on that first drive um you know going forward on fourth and one obviously they had the penalty um they keep the field goal um They had the Deion Dawkins scored a touchdown, passing touchdown. That was um, cool. They had the fifth line, um so you know they they were really aggressive today.
2: It and it was good to see the running game pick up a bit, a little bit. You know what I mean? Uh, we got to see some more action from McCoy, and he got a couple touchdowns.
1: Yeah, definitely. That was that was a really good point, Nick. Is the running game got going for the first time in a long time, and it mm-hmm. was kind of like LaShawn McCoy's you know, uh, best game today and and the stats showed it. And actually, let's go into the stats real quick uh, before we go into some plays of the game. The stats of the game are brought to you by our T Public store. Um, Do you want to find some Buffalo Bills gear that you literally can't find anywhere else on the internet? Especially our famous Trust the Process logo. Um, Check out teepublic.com slash stores slash ctwpod. There's going to be some 30% off sales going on this week, so check out this gear this week and uh i think there's gonna be some stuff going on sale i always tweet this stuff out um so if you're not following us on twitter follow us at ctw pod that's circling the wagons pod and uh and that means like any t-shirts any t-shirts any cell phone cases mugs coffee mugs tumblers anything anything check out our our trust process logo in the end of the drought playoff graph um our two most popular um Graphic pieces. So again, tpublic.com slash doors slash CTW pod. Okay, so the Bills um <laughs> the Bills scored 41 points today, and they had only scored 20 points in the last three games. So that was huge. It was a it was a good coming out, coming out game. It kind of was reminiscent of the Minnesota Vikings game, where the Bills were not expected to do this well. Um I believe the Bills were dogs by six points, I want to say. Um, so this was this was huge for them to win by 31. Um, and on
2: a and on a related note, if I can interject here for absolutely. a second, I think up until this game, the Buffalo Sabers have actually outscored the Buffalo Bills in total
1: points. Oh, jeez. So, geez. <laughs> so, uh, so
2: uh, yeah. So it was good, good, uh, good uh, victory in that in that regard.
1: Uh, well, because hockey games are so high scoring, so that's exactly what oh, you yeah. want to be, you know, as a yeah. behind them as a football team. <laughs> uh great. Um, as far as we were talking about. The Bills finally getting on the right side as far as um, offensively. Um, Matt Barkley was 15 for 25, 232 yards, two touchdowns, and more importantly, no interceptions, which uh, which is a rare sight for any Bills starting quarterback. Um, Logan Thomas actually was one for one for 15 yards. If we go back to that, uh, we'll talk about that play in a a minute. Um, we are talking about LaShawn McCoy getting going, getting going for the first time in a while, 26 carries for 113 yards and two touchdowns. He looked great today. And I'm not sure if that was a matter of him just running as hard as he's ever run or, you know, the, the jets being as weak as they've been in a while, or the fact that the offensive line, they've switched around some pieces with Wyatt Teller playing in there, and, and they have a new starting right tackle so um you know there is, maybe they're opening up a little bit more um, a little, a few more holes and also you know the the pass blocking was a little bit better today. so uh, Marcus Murphy had 16 or 14 carries for 69 yards. both running backs were over four yards per carry, um, which is great and then the leading receiver and now this is going to be the most interesting um, stat of the game um is it was Robert Foster three receptions for 105 yards. And it was just it was great to see him play well. The only really all we've seen from him this season has been you know what he's done in the preseason, and he didn't look good. He didn't look good at all in preseason and training camp. He was dropping a lot, and today he had four targets and he caught three of them, and they were two of them were for huge gains. And so he was a he was a huge player today for the Bills. And then um, right after that, I have to mention Zay Jones had another great game. I mean, he's slowly becoming this very good possession receiver that the Bills lack in the slot. Um, He was eight receptions for 93 yards. He had 11 targets on the day, and he just had some, for some reason, just a great rapport with Matt Barkley. Um, So on the Jets' side of the ball, um, just a rough day for Josh McCown, 17 for 34, 135 yards and two interceptions. It almost sounds like, um, oddly enough, it almost sounds like a Bills quarterback stat line right there. If I can say that, I can say that after a win. It's not too, it's not depressing at all. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Elijah McGuire was leading um, running back for the Jets. Only six carries for 30 yards. They abandoned the run almost immediately after they went down quickly um, in the game. And yeah, those are, those are basically the, uh, the major stats of the game for the bills. I,
2: I also saw a stat that, uh, so they had 313 yards of offense and four touchdowns. And that was the. Uh, in in the first half alone, and that was the most by the team since 2000 when they played Seattle, where they had 332 yards and four touchdowns. Oh, wow. So it's been a while since we've had this kind of offense, or since the team has has had this kind of offense.
1: Yeah, definitely great to see the offensive production. I mean, this is the kind of team that we always wanted. We want week in and week out, you know, just the ability to play like this. Um, So it was was absolutely a pleasant surprise. Also, on the Bills' defensive side, um three sacks today. Um one by Jordan Poyer, um, one by Jerry Hughes, and uh one by Shaq Lawson. So some pressure on the on the quarterback today for sure. So that was nice to see. Um so as far as you know, plays of the game, John, you mentioned some really good ones. Um the the Deion Dawkins receiving touchdown. Now, I didn't even know that uh that Deion Dawkins had, had had been put in as an as an eligible receiver. But when he caught that touchdown, I'm like, it was reminiscent of the days, I can't remember exactly who was it was it Howard the House Ballard catching touchdowns or was it Glenn Glenn Parker catching touchdowns for the Bills? I can't remember. It's been a while.
3: No, um, if you said it, I would know. Um, keep going. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> um, uh,
1: Jason Peters. Um, <laughs> I can't think of any other tackles that might have done it, um, but it was cool to see for sure. Um, There was, you know, John, you mentioned with the Bills starting the game with that bomb to Robert Foster. Then LaShawn McCoy had that run for 28-yard touchdown right after that. Literally, within two plays, the Bills were already on top. And not only the Bills never— Set the tone for the whole game. Absolutely. Absolutely set the tone. The Bills never start games off quickly, and that was awesome to see. Um, After that, there was the uh, fake punt pass. By Logan Thomas, former college quarterback Logan Thomas, now tight end for the Bills, to Robert Foster for that first down. Um, that was a surprise uh, by the Bills. Uh, did, part of me was wondering when they were doing that. So they were going for it early on fourth down, right, John? Because I know you've always been a big proponent of them going for it on fourth down um, when it's called for and when it's when it seems to you know necessary earlier than when you're already losing by fourteen points or whatever. And I thought that they were very aggressive today. But part of me wonders, were they aggressive because of the state of the game that they're in? Or is this something that's going to carry over, you know, into future weeks of them just, you know, their questionable calls like fourth and two on the 31, do they go for it? And they do, you know, rather than kicking a field goal, which they could have. They could have easily been in field goal range. So do you think this is something that's going to carry on from here on out? Or were they thinking you know, now's as good a time as any, you know, we're out of the playoffs. Let's, let's just do it.
3: Yeah. It's hard to say if they saw something in this particular game against this particular team that, that made them want to do that more. So, um, usually like for me, if it's like fourth and five or or less, and it's like too long for a field goal or too short for a punt, then definitely go for it. And a lot of times they don't, in this case, they could have gone for a field goal, So there was even more aggressive than I would have been.
1: Mm-hmm. It was kind of good to see. What do you think Nick? Did you think this is something that that will kind of carry on throughout the rest of the season or was just a game planning decision, you know, during the game?
2: Well, I sure, I sure hope so. I I hope it carries on. Um, you know, I I, I prefer the more the aggressive style of play and I, you know, when when McDermott talks a little bit about uh, you know, uh, field management, t- clock management, all that stuff. And, and, uh, you know, heavy run game eh, throw the ball, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's kind of where I am at. Just throw the ball. Yeah. Uh,
1: let, let it fly. You ever wonder that one of the reasons why they don't let it fly is because they've had quarterbacks like Derek Anderson and, um, Nathan Peterman do that because I think, and you know, maybe they'll let the, I mean, Matt Barkley won't start against the Jaguars because they, the report is that Josh Allen will be healthy by then. Sure, and um, you know I'm hoping that they just kind of give him the reign to throw the ball, and I and I really hope that they don't hinder it because with um, with eight games, what, wait, how many games do they have left? Six games left. I really hope that they can finally see what they have in Josh Allen for sure for next season because I, I mean, he has the ability to throw the ball. They've they've found some weapons somewhere on this offense. Mm-hmm. Two receivers that were one was over 100 yards, one was almost at 100 yards. I mean, so there's players out there that can catch the ball.
2: Yeah, I think for me it, it all depends on what their rationale for their game planning is. If if their research and and uh, uh, into the other into their opponent says, okay, w- well we need to have a run heavy game or we need to play this way, uh, then fine, do that. But if it's if it's the the old narrative that we get time and time again, the Buffalo style football, the run heavy, you gotta get, got to learn how to play in this weather, then I don't want to hear that kind of talk. I mm-hmm. I'd rather have them just throw it.
1: Yeah, same here. Mm-hmm. so there were um other plays of the game um besides the ones we just mentioned there was one play where there were three separate holding penalties on the new york jets <laughs> um offense it was like an elijah mcguire run for like 15 yards <laughs> it was just crazy they were like oh there's there's two penalties on the offense or there were multiple penalties on the offense it usually means that there's a couple maybe one holding maybe one something else or you know a, a pre snap. Uh, penalty and what happened was there were literally three separate New York Jets offensive players holding on the play and uh, the play got called back I thought that was pretty awesome to see that seems like something the Bills would normally do um, in a normal game just like that sort of uh, just you know something weird that the offense would do like the Bills have the Bills are second in the league with pre-snap penalties on the offensive side of the ball so I could easily see you know uh, that happening so oh John, John, you thought of the uh the guy the player who used to catch touchdowns for the Bills.
3: Uh yeah, Mitch Farrat. He was a uh, he was a guard. He caught a few uh passes from Kelly in 92.
1: Nice, nice. Good call there, boom. John. Our, boom. yeah, boom. <laughs> <laughs> our, our local Bills historian. Um and then right after those three separate holding calls on the Jets, uh, Matt Milano had that deep deep interception. Um, on that play, which I thought was great. I mean, Matt Milano impresses week after week with his ability to cover, cover. I mean, in that case, a running back um, down the field. And just he's just, what a great player to have on your team and what a great player to hopefully build around in the future. And I don't know if the Bills plan on having um, Tremaine Edmonds as as their um, their own Luke Keekly, but I mean, Matt Milano is the closest thing we've had in a while. Um, so were there any other plays of the game that stood out to you um, besides the ones that I mentioned, I think I covered uh, all the major ones, what's that? Yeah, like?
2: I, I, th- I had one, uh, that I was kind of impressed by it was the third quarter. Um, it was a touchdown that put them up 37 to 10. Uh, they were in the red zone. Barkley got some pressure. He stepped up into the pocket and then threw to Robert Foster. And it kind of, kind of had to thread the needle there, kind of had some zip. And I just thought to myself, you know, we haven't really seen that kind of play from a quarterback in a really long time and to see that he had kind of some awareness to step up into the pocket and then still get the touchdown. Um, it was good to see.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We've definitely missed that in a while. Usually when the bills quarterbacks have a clean pocket, they just kind of roll around the outside of it yeah. instead of stepping up and climbing the pocket. That was, that was nice to see.
2: And actually that was the Zay Jones touchdown. I think I said Robert. Foster oh yeah. Yeah. Before, yep. it, it was the Zay Jones. Yep.
1: Yeah. Nice. Nice. Zay Jones uh, again, looking good. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, agree 100%. That was a that was a great call on that one, Nick. Um so uh Wall of Famer for the game. So each game, each recap, we select one player or you know, staff or coach or whatever um that you know, we would put on our wall of fame for today's game and since the Bills won, it's it's fun to to actually pick one of the many people that we would put on our wall of fame. So I guess John, you know, I'll give you honors. Um, who do you think you would put on your wall of fame for today's blowout um, victory?
3: I think I'd put the offensive line, uh, specifically Wyatt Teller, on there. Um, The line only allowed one sack today. Uh, McCoy, Murphy combined for 40 carries, 182 yards, a couple touchdowns. And honestly, I I don't know why Teller hasn't been playing earlier this season. He had a good camp, good preseason. And and the other players that have been starting have not been playing well at all, also – I'm glad that he had a good game today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I have beginning some emails from Pro Football Focus mentioning how good Wyatt Teller was last week when he when he got um some snaps on offense and um and yeah, that's pretty much where he was in the preseason, um where he measured and you know before, you know pre-draft in college, he was always a good pass protector and he, they did both today. So great. Good call on that one. Nick, what about you? Who would you put on your wall of fame for today's win? Um, I gotta give a shout out to Deion Dawkins
2: Get, getting that touchdown, the big man coming in. Um, you know, you don't see too many touchdowns like that in today's NHL, uh, NFL, excuse me. And, uh, you definitely don't nice, see him
1: in the NHL, like never, very few uh, touchdowns. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's, uh, it's nice to see those players be able to celebrate like the wide receivers and, yeah. uh, all the other offensive players. And yet you have to feel good for them. So Deion Dawkins.
1: Yeah. That, and that kind of goes into what I, I mean, I, I have to give it to Matt Barkley, um, just because he came in with a week and a half, you know, uh, and not playing a really a meaningful game since 2016. And the guy comes up and he just, he, he was great. Uh, you know, he wasn't, again, spectacular, but uh, he did everything the Bills needed needed him to. And everything that the Bills quarterbacks before him, not named Josh Allen, couldn't do. So um, so I definitely want to give him the, but I mean, honorable mentions, definitely go to uh, like Deion Dawkins. That was a great call. And Brian Dable, actually, for for making that play call for yeah. putting in some sort of twist like that. And the special have teams, the yeah, absolutely, to have the trust to do that. And then, you know, um, LaShawn McCoy for a great game, even though we've come to expect them as Bills fans um, this season, we have not, and um, it was a great coming out. So honorable mention there. Um, um, I want to give an honorable mention for Robert Foster for today's game. I mean, just just being clutch when he needed to be and and catching passes when he hasn't been able to do them so far and but the bills coaching staff they cut him they brought him back they saw something in him they want him to you know be a part of this offense and you know an undrafted wide receiver making a an impact play like that you know in his first season you know it's not it's not it's not that prevalent so it was good to see um now this was one i had very difficult time coming up with um areas where the bills uh Bills weren't that good, you know. This is where we normally play our blame game, but we've done for like the last five weeks because the Bills haven't won in a while. But uh, but we switch it when the Bills win to the wall of shame. So was there anyone, John, that you thought um, in this game that didn't have so, as as good of a game as we had expected or had hoped for, and should be put on on your wall of shame?
3: Uh, Kelvin Benjamin, right? Dropped another touchdown pass. Yep. He had zero catch. Today, Dion Dawkins had more receptions than <laughs> Calvin Benjamin.
1: Does he have more touchdowns on the year than Calvin Benjamin too? He might. He might be tied. <laughs> uh,
3: that might be interesting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> one target, one reception. So his catch rate's much better, no matter what. Uh, yeah, good call. <laughs> That's a good one. What about you, Nick? Do you have a wall of shamer for the game?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm going to put myself up there because I picked up the Jets defense in fantasy football and did not help me out whatsoever. <laughs> the same thing.
1: I know. Me too. Me too. What are they so, like minus six points right now?
2: Oh yeah, this not the bad. Jeez. Yeah, every time I every time I pick up uh, an opponent against the Bills, it always comes back to bite me. The last time I did that was the Minnesota Vikings game. So uh, definitely learned my lesson today. So uh,
1: good call. Good call, yeah. Hey, hey, am I beating you in this one? What's the score? Are we is it going to oh, be? Oh, I think you're be just close one?
2: beating me, Nate. Yeah,
1: nice. Yep, <laughs> dude. When I saw you picked up the New York Jets defense, I'm like, oh, this is gonna, uh. this is gonna hurt. <laughs> um, yeah, good call there. You know, um, I, I couldn't on it. Usually, you know, wall of shame is has been you know very obvious the last few weeks um and if it hasn't been you know coaching which coaching was great again today on all three sides of the ball, you know even special teams i mean we've we've definitely called out uh special teams coaching this season, but today was great um i don't know if they've hit their stride, they usually don't play that well um when they're away, so that was a huge win from that standpoint. McDermott has a very bad record when he's not playing a new airfield so I guess, you know, I guess I'd have to go piggyback off of John and say Kelvin Benjamin, you know, um, just when you see the other receivers that are so much younger and so much smaller, just, you know, contributing so much more, um, you know, like you said, John, that, that catch really should have been caught. I mean, he high pointed the ball. He, he just, he just, you got to muscle it away from these guys that are just that much shorter and smaller than you, you know, it's not enough to just catch the ball. You have to bring it down and 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 wrestle it away from these guys. And I feel like He's one of those players that like puts in a lot of effort, but just not all the effort, you know. So um, anyway, so yeah, I, I guess I'd have to piggyback off off that one, but it was really hard to find one. I will say in this game, and uh, so so to the injuries. Uh, Matt Milano went out with a concussion um, during the game, even when it was in the blowout portion of it. So hopefully, he's all set to go. Luckily, they had the bye week, so maybe he'll be back for for the week twelve matchup against the Jaguars. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I guess, you know, if you guys have any thoughts at all on the game, I mean, it feels good, I guess, in general to talk positively about the Bills. I mean, it had been a really negative place in the Bills community um, in, in Twitter and and just, you know, in general, the fan base and um, and people were really starting to trust the process. Now, I don't know if they'll really necessarily go back from like, oh, yeah, this is a playoff contending team. But I think that there's, you know, this, this team has the ability to play games like this. You know, whereas I think that, you know, that that just shows like this coaching isn't bad because bad coaching and bad talent will never let you get away and win a game like this. So I think they're finally um, on the uptick. Again, I think we have to kind of have a long-term vision as Bills fans and, you know, take this season with a grain of salt and then think that next season, you know, if, if, you know, McDermott can put together more of these kinds of wins like against the Jets, against the Vikings, and, you know, get the players that he needs. I mean, he showed that, you know. Eventually they get it right. Uh, what about you, John? Did you have any, any final thoughts about this Bills win or this Bills victory?
3: Yeah, I, I think you make a really good point about the season and expectations. I think we all thought that last year was gonna be a really bad season and you know, they ended up making the playoffs, so I think that raised a lot of people's expectations. There there was gonna be a down year because of roster turnover and, and and, and such. So I, I think it just came a year later than expected.
1: Yeah. Do you think, now this is a question for both of you. Do you think that, that it would be any different because the bills had had such a long playoff drought. So when they finally got a taste of it, they're like, yeah, we want more of it. You know, it's kind of like immediate gratification. It's like, no, no, wait, the, like the process, like this whole process that the McDermott and Bean speak of, I mean, it's not like a one year process and they've never claimed for it to be, you know, a short, Short-term, you know, this year we're going to go – like they always, you know, say that they want to win short-term and long-term. But we know that, you know, you have to take some steps back sometimes to move forward. So, I mean, do you guys think that this is just an issue of the fan base really getting a taste of the playoffs and them being bad for 17 years before that? Or do you think that um, the issues and and anger from the Bills fan base – is, is predicated on, on on something else or that the, that they they were sold a, a they were sold some um what's it called um a sale of goods and in the bills front office just couldn't back the, back it up you know after two seasons
2: well the, i think the fan base has been so starved for for winning football for so long that you know when, when they made the playoffs last season they they got excited um, and, you know, we got excited. And now that the team's kind of been bad this year, they don't want I, I think a lot of people don't want to think that last year was like a fluke or just a one off or they got lucky. They, they want it to mean something and uh, they don't want empty promises. So when, when they when they talk about the process and everything, you know, um, McDermott and, and Bean, you know, they said this is kind of like they're going to win and also rebuild, which I think is very difficult to do in sports so we're i guess we're still kind of seeing how it plays out but i don't know
1: yeah do you think i think this was the season that they thought they were going to have last season
2: <laughs> to yeah. be quite honest yep. and then yeah, they, i think so too mm-hmm. yeah
1: and then they defied expectations and it ended up being a really great season i mean let's not let's not mistake anything they were very very lucky to make the playoffs it wasn't like they earned it or they walked into it Um, they, the Bengals did it for basically it was. Yeah. Another team had to do it for them because their, their fate was not in their hands because they weren't good enough to have the fate in their hands. And there were multiple games last season that they really should have lost, but if not for a really great play to end a game by the defense or an interception or a pick six or whatever. So, um, yeah, I mean, we've just been starved for so long, but again, like long-term, this is the, the season that, again, like I, I thought they would have last season, and mm-hmm. and they're having this season, and I'm okay with it because, you know what, I'd rather have them end the drought when they did. I was so sick of the drought and so tired of it as a Bills fan. It yeah. just weighs on you, and it just weighs on you, and it's just something that you just can't get past, and now you never have to worry about that stat at the bottom of the screen saying, you know, the franchises with the longest play out because they literally, I mean, we were watching it last season. We commented on the podcast. That you know, we would see it almost every week. Like they would bring it up on CBS almost every week, and um, now they talk about other things. <laughs> you know, just I don't care if you talk about how bad the, the offense is. You don't have to talk about how historically bad our franchise is. You know, or within the rest of the league. So yeah, I mean, I I guess I look at it from, and I understand fans' frustration, especially before this game, from being you know um, two and seven, and it really you know the wheels were just kind of coming off at least. Um, and uh, you know, one thing I'll say is. Is I think that um Nathan Peterman might be like the best practice quarterback on earth <laughs> because he was he was able to not only um get Tyrod Taylor benched last season for what he did in practice in twenty seventeen and then you know had a historically bad, you know, game that game. And uh and then in the offseason to like fool everyone including us you know with the preseason games and training camp and then like you know stay on the roster enough so that they cut AJ McCarron they trade AJ McCarron and they didn't feel the need to keep another backup and then, you know he gets in game action again and he, I mean, if there's anyone who's been like the most amazing practice quarterback on earth it's got to be Nathan Peterman and uh, I, I guess you know going back to that point we said earlier I, I kind of hope he's not on the roster I hate to see people lose their jobs you know we all feel bad for that I'm sure sure And I don't Uh think he'll ever get another opportunity again. And I think kind of, you know, Sean McDermott kind of knows that. Maybe that's one of the reasons he's kept him on, but I I can't see from a competitive standpoint what he does for the Bills offense going forward, the Bills team going forward. Sure. John, what do you think? Was there anything I missed on that one?
3: No, I think you hit it right on the head.
1: Nice. Again, um, so uh, I guess, you know, (laughs) as far as, you know, Nick, we had you on your. You have your own podcast called the Torrent Podcast. You guys talk a lot of music, uh, movies, video games. John, I think it'd be something you're, you'd be interested, right up your alley, as a fan of the Nintendo Switch. I know Nick on one of your recent podcasts, I listened to. Um, uh, Alan did a, a review on this uh, Switch game that he played. It was a it was a golf game. It sounded awesome. Um, yeah. So I mean, also, sorry. It, what's that? Was it golf? Story. Yep, that was the one.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep, I the- <laughs> Are you a
1: fan? Yeah, that was good. Nice. So, so there's, so Nick, you talk about a ton of things on your podcast, which, which sure. I love. Um, and you also do reviews on movies that you guys have seen, and 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 music that you've listened to. You know, albums that come out and video games that come out. So, um, I mean, guess what's what's new on your podcast? What kind of things have uh, have you been uh, talking about in the last few episodes?
2: Well, in the gaming side of things, um, what's big right now is Red Dead Redemption 2. You've probably seen the commercials literally everywhere for this game. Um, It's the follow-up to Red Dead Redemption, which is a a really vast open-world Western-style game. So if you're fans of movies like Young Guns and Tombstone, this this game is right up your alley. And uh, so we just had our episode to do a full review of that game, as well as a review of Call of Duty Black Ops 4, which is another big game right now. Um, and then also, uh, we just recorded it. The episode will probably be released here shortly is we got to watch, uh, we, we binged, uh, Netflix's haunting of Hill house, Ooh, nice. um, which is a fantastic horror show. Um, we had, we love, we love that show. So we just got done doing our spoiler review for that. Nice. So if you were into that show, um, come on over to our channel, our podcast feed and, uh, and, uh, listen to our spoiler review.
1: Yeah, that's great. I, you guys have a really good format to your podcast. You guys have really good back and forth. And I was actually on a few months ago when when um, football season first started and we did yeah. our uh, football movie. We we all picked football movies that we really liked and, uh, and that was fun. You guys do a ton of different things and different topics and different themes and it's really a, a, a cool podcast. I, lo- I love listening to it. Oh, thanks man. Yeah. Um so not only are you the guest uh co-host on the podcast, you are your own podcast host, but you're also the graphics designer for the Circling the Wagon's podcast. I mean, you've done not only our new and updated um uh, Circling the Wagon's podcast logo, um but you did you basically done it. You have the 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 trust the process, you know, head coach Bay where he's sprinkling the <laughs> the process over is, you know, just right onto the plate, yeah. you know. Um just some really <laughs> cool stuff. I mean, where are you i guess you know is, is there anything that you know you you're looking at in the future i mean you you put together the end of the drought graph which basically state you know shows the exact moment that the bills ended the drought with that andy dalton touchdown to tyler boyd which is really cool we've had a number of people you know ask about that and purchase that and it was really cool um are there any other ideas that you're thinking about with uh on the buffalo bills side of thing
2: well we, we also did the uh when the when the uh, the whole Nike ad thing came out, we also did our series of T-shirts uh, that kind of that were like uh, mimicked the the Nike ad. So we have our uh, Nate. You, you, I gave you the the Buffalo Bills one. It was the Bills mafia guy slamming a girl into the table, and it said something <laughs> to the effect of. Um, you know, believe in something, even if it means hurting the ones you love. Uh, so we have that one, uh, Bills Mafia one. Yeah. Uh, and then, and, and Nate, I don't know how much you want me to to talk about some of uh, the what you and I have talked about for the upcoming stuff. Um, how much do you want? How much to do? Yeah. Want me to reveal there. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, no, no. I mean, we've we've we're always constantly talking about different ideas to put on, you know, T-shirts and different, you know, wall art and stuff like that. And it's just stuff that, like, I guess we would think as Bills fans. Since you're a Bills fan, I'm a Bills fan, John's, But we're all mm-hmm. Bills fans listening yeah. to this and talking about it, that things that we would like, I mean, you did the really cool hall of fame banner. So John and I went to the Andre Reed induction hall of fame induction ceremony. And I bought this, you know, really overpriced banner of like all of the Hall of fame inductees and you put it into like a much better graphical, <laughs> you know, banner that, that, you know, I, that I think is, is much better than what was done by the NFL. And, uh, and yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we talk about things that we would like. So, um, So there's there's one idea. Are you thinking of the one of the 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 one before I die?
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I want to we're putting together some sort of graphic for, you know, especially with the bill season, at least at the point we were talking, being on the downside. And, you know, you think about this. As a fan, you know, and, and we're lucky We're in our 20s and 30s, and we've been following the team for a while. And, you know, the Just One Before I Die is kind of a joke for us. But, you know, we have parents and we have family members and friends that are a little bit older. And we're like, man, like, I, I really kind of hope, you know, my mom and dad see a, a championship before, you know, they go. It's just stuff like that. Like, you, you kind of think as a fan, like, I really want one. And there's lots yeah. of other franchises that are out there like that. So is that the one you were thinking about specifically?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's been people out there who have been following the teams from from early adulthood to, you know, uh, to to elderly. You know what I mean? We, we just, I mean, there's grandparents uh, and people who are older than think grandparents normally are um, that have been following the team and they still haven't. The Bills still haven't done anything. So, um, yeah, I mean, to get a Super Bowl would be a huge thing for any Bills fan, not to mention the city of Buffalo. You know, we Nate, you and I joke if they ever. ever did win a super bowl i mean that city is 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 coming down people are partying gonna party way too hard (laughs) how many how
1: many days do you guys think that you'll take off i don't know what they they normally do them like a monday or something or like a tuesday or something like that
2: yeah whenever whenever the the parade is it it, when and if that ever happens um i'll probably try to take as much time as off because that's (laughs) i mean that's that's gonna be a once in a lifetime experience when it happens it's like that's a drop everything and go you have to experience that i mean the first super bowl parade in buffalo i mean come on oh man <laughs> you know it's going
1: mean? to be uh it's going to be a shit show it's just going to yeah. be <laughs> ridiculous <Yeah. laughs> i feel like if the bills make the super bowl we should just um already book our hotel rooms for like downtown buffalo where the parade route would be and yes. then just so we could like drink that morning get to the parade and then just freaking you know just go nuts like i'll Absolutely. tell i'll tell my wife don't try to contact me for a couple of days you know, I'm still alive, but I'm going to seem like I'm dead because I'm not going to answer. You. <laughs> so, I'm just going to be partying with every other Bills fan on earth. Um, yeah, yeah, I can't wait, man. When you get so, I I don't know if you guys have ever heard stories. I know the Red Sox had a really long drought of championships, like over a hundred years, because there was the Babe Ruth, cur- the curse of the Great Bambino, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember reading stories online of people going to their fathers or grandfather's grave you know, to celebrate with them when the Red Sox finally won a championship. And, uh, you know, that was kind of the thought I had in mind when you and I were discussing the one before I die, you know, idea. And, you know, I, I want that to be, (laughs) I don't want my son or, you know, other children to like, you know, be at dad's grave. I want to be part of it. I want to see it. So, um, so, so yeah, we're working on that, um, um again you and can then also
2: we'll probably have more designs as the season goes along depending on what happens with the season if a player starts you know doing something uh unique if there's something that happens uh the pop culture uh that's related to the bills i'm sure we're going to have a ton of designs coming out
1: exactly in that regard
2: as well exactly
1: so. like we already have three trust to process designs and stuff like that so yeah. yeah for sure yep always thinking of new stuff nick you're you're really good at that you're really quick at that so um Always, always good to have you on to talk bills, um, to talk your podcast, which is, which is great, a great listen. And you can find it anywhere you can find, um, the Buffalo Rumblings podcast um which is the network that we're under circling the wagons as part of the buffalo Rumblings podcast and the torrent podcast is can be found in all those places as well um so if you're searching for us there you can find the torrent podcast then um, yeah also
2: uh if uh, anybody wants to follow us on social media we're on uh twitter and instagram at uh uh at the torrent pod so you can find us there as well but uh yeah nate thanks for thanks for having me on at, uh had a you know I was like I said off the top of the show I'm glad it was after a, a Bill's win and uh, a huge win uh at that.
1: So is that one of those things that since Mike didn't come on and they won and you came on then I can't really have him on again until <laughs> I have to have you on every single time until they lose I feel like. So Mike's just going to have to get the shaft <laughs> for a few weeks. I think that's only fair, right? I mean isn't that one of the things like you know I wore I got to wear the same shirt I wore <laughs> today that I wore, you know, I gotta wear it in two weeks, right? When the Bills hey, play, man, again.
2: that's on you. I don't
1: know it's your, it's your show. I'm not gonna step on any toes here. <laughs> so I just want to know that you're available. That's all I need to know.
2: Yeah, yes, I'll be around. Yes, for sure. <laughs>
1: uh, cool, man. Cool, man. Well, you know, appreciate you coming on. Obviously, um, obviously, John. You know, you're always a staple in this podcast. We appreciate you know you coming back. So um, uh, let's see. This weekend is a buy. This next week. Um, Week 11 is by, but the next game is against the Jacksonville Jaguars in Buffalo in two weeks at 1pm. It'll be a rematch of last season's wildcard playoff game where the Bills just barely lost. And, uh, and so keep listening, um, keep subscribing. I have a couple of guests lined up for the bye week for draft information. And, um, and since the Bills are three and seven, you know, it could be a top 10 pick. It's, so, it's just good to get that kind of information. Who are the guys that the Bills could expect to see in the top 10? You know, at which positions? And also, I'm going to talk to one of the writers of BuffaloRumblings.com that looks at the All 22 film. can give us a little bit more insight into what's going on that, you know, normal fans like us just, just can't get, um, clear perspective from just watching the games on TV, you know, from our feed. So um, if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, we definitely appreciate it, Um, and anywhere you're at, you know. uh, And I guess, you know, we're going to sign off. So for John?
3: Nate, go Bills, 9-7 and Super Bowl.
1: (laughs) And for Nick?
2: The only football team in New York State. Go Bills.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Amen to that. And for me, Nate, go Bills. Keep listening. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Thanks.
4: Yeah, we back. Speaking of 17, no more drought. Yeah, the Buffalo Bills make you want to shout.